Welcome to the Love and Victory Show with Val, where we will bring you candid conversation. In each conversation, we will talk about real life ups and downs while tackling unresolved matters. We will also unmask issues and truly speak straightforward and candid about our needs and brokenness while allowing ourselves to exhale so that we can become victorious. This is a place where you can be open to the possibilities of living life in abundance while gaining tools to become bold and complete. So let's get to it. Right to my listeners, I would like to introduce our fantastic, wonderful guest, Michelle Quay. Michelle, tell the people a little bit about yourself. Yes, first of all, thank you so much, Val, for having me for having me here. I'm checking in from Los Angeles, California. Oh. I actually grew up and went to school in New York, so I'm a totally a hundred percent New Yorker attitude. Yeah. Okay, so that's two different spectrums right there. So you come to California where they're all laid back and you are from New York that's like hustle bustle, let's keep going, right? What are you laying down for? I keep going. <laughs> okay, go for it then, Michelle. I'm sorry for interrupting. No, 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 no worries. So I still have that New Yorker personality. I'm all, all, all about go, 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 go. And I, before I went to New York, I actually grew up in Taiwan, in Taiwan and I'm, I'm, my family actually came from mainland China. Oh, okay. So I'm totally an immigrant here. And the fact that I'm sitting here and conversing with you in English, it's like a huge accomplishment for me because I remember going back to uh, when I first arrived to America, I didn't know how to speak. And so I would go to KFC. I didn't know what to order. They didn't have the order by number back then. Oh, God. Well, let me ask a question. So do you speak Mandarin as well? Yeah, I actually speak Mandarin now English, and I also know a little bit of conversational uh, Japanese. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I wish I knew some Mandarin. One of my clients, he speaks fluent, man- he's like four languages, Mandarin, um, English, Spanish, something else. It's a ta- Taiwanese. It's another language. Uh, am I saying it correctly? Tai- Taiwanese. Yes. Taiwanese. And I'm like, oh, my God, Taiwanese. he is so smart. I wish I could just... I can barely do English sometimes well, but I think that's great. That That is a huge accomplishment. You can't really hear your accent, so you really have done a very good job at learning English. All right, with that being said, what brought you to the podcast world, and why are you here? What is your story? Tell us about oh, My stories. <laughs> Where to begin, right? Hey, we just go jump on in here. Tell us about it. So my story really began when I was 11 years old and I was coming off from school one day. I had a huge car accident and that accident led to a permanent disability that I have to live with the rest of my life. I'm here because I truly believe that every single one of us serves a purpose and we have a mission to do something in this world. And my purpose is to be here, to be on the podcast, to be on the stage, to inspire more people to start taking actions. Because all my life I've been playing small. I I keep myself in this uh, space, in this mindset of there's so many things I cannot do. There's so many uh, language that I cannot speak. There's so many challenges in my life that it's, I just can't do it. And so I started to believe that that was true, that was real. 
And then, you know, when I was 40, I reached to a point where, you know, I was really sick and tired of living my life being small and being invisible. So I decided to do something big for myself. So with my disability, I was walking with two crutches. I decided to book myself a flight to Machu Picchu in Peru, Cusco, Peru. Mm -hmm. And I hiked through a 26 miles of Inca Trail. Wait, wait. Wait, wait. You said you were walking with two crutches and you decided to book yourself a flight to go hiking? Yeah. And did you have someone with you or did you really go hiking? Well, so so the story is that I flew myself over there by myself. Okay. And I hiked through it. I okay. like literally hiked yes. through it. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I did, I did hire someone to just to keep an eye out on me, just in case I fall off the cliff. Okay, okay. I needed someone to <laughs> helicopter me out. So is it true that um I went there by myself? Kind of, yeah, it is true that I went by myself, but I had someone walking with me. <laughs> well, you know, that tells me that you're definitely a courageous fighter. No, it's not an option, and you're definitely a go-getter. So I can I hear in your voice the New Yorker, but I hear more of the survivor than anything. So I know we're getting ready to enjoy this candid conversation. And the title of our show is Overcoming Me. When you think of overcoming me, how do you see yourself? I see myself inside a box. Mm. And I think the me was inside that box. Okay. And this body was the box that I was living in. So for a long time, you know, as someone who's living with a disability, there's so many things that's in our life that we don't think about as normal individual, like five feet tall. You're, you have no problem reaching over a shelf and grabbing something on the shelf. For me, it's a challenge. You know, I can't go to this grocery store and just reach out my hand and grab the toilet paper on the shelf. Mm-hmm. I actually have to climb up to the shelf. I'm only four feet, four inches tall. So that's very short and very petite. And I don't know where and how people have that have that vision of putting all these essential stuff items on the high. top shelf. Yes, yes, right. <laughs> And you can't possibly reach it for someone who's sitting on a wheelchair or who's for someone who's, you know, below average height. So even little things like that, it was becoming a challenge to me. I had to overcome it. Mm-hmm. And that overcoming comes from just stepping out of my box, this physical box mm-hmm. that I had to live in. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, I guess you're right, because we don't think about, you know, for someone that's almost six feet tall, I probably never even thought about the toilet paper or the paper towels being up high. I probably would look at it like, why is it so low? You know, so, you know, I'm like, dog, I got to bend over and get that. You know, so I think actually that is refreshing to hear. And it kind of makes you think now that I go into the store, I'm going to be like, yeah, won't y'all put some toilet paper down a little low. I know this lady here that has a hard time. She's barely four feet tall. She shouldn't have to, or someone sitting in a wheelchair shouldn't have to get someone to hand it to them. I, I'm, yeah. So are you an advocate in any way for stuff like that? I am. I, I really believe that every single one of us have a talent and gift that we bring into the world. So for someone who's six feet tall, there's other challenges that that person is facing. Oh, God, I don't know, yes. I, and I can't tell. Right. But, but looking at myself, I know I have a set of challenges. So when I go out and interacting with others, what I practice is empathy. Mm-hmm. 
I, I really believe that, you know, my challenge would be something like reaching to the top, but for someone else, it could be just picking up the stuff from the floor. Correct. Correct. And, 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 and we it, never it, know what that person is going through until we actually interact and, and get to know each other, um, really breaking that boundary of, of, hey, I'm looking at you, I'm seeing you, I'm seeing you from a heart to heart, soul to soul perspective, and not so much of all these uh, um, external boundary that we set upon ourselves. Exactly. You said a key thing is, is having empathy for people. It is so important that we have empathy for people because if you have no empathy, really, I don't care if you are the richest person in the world with all the money in the world. A person doesn't want your money. They just want your heart. You know, you can't help anyone out when you're walking around with, oh, me, oh, I don't see you over there. You should have empathy even for the people that are cleaning your homes, that are working in the office building with you. Just just common courtesy. Okay. Also, I'm going to take it a little further, and one of the things that we do here at the Love and Victory Show, my team always pull together a few good questions that they would like for me to ask every person that I talk to on the podcast or whether it radio show, and so they always throw something together at me, so don't be thrown off, off if I ask you a few of these questions here, but there's some good questions. What were some of the fears you had to overcome? That's actually a very good question. Yeah, I, I think there's so many fears that I was experiencing. The most, um, the, the most fear that stood out for me is a fear of judgment. Because mm. every time I go out, I look very different. I'm sure I walk with crutches. So every, every places I go to, I couldn't hide myself. Mm-hmm. And I was always afraid that people's going to turn, they're going to see me. What are they going to think of me? And how are they going to see me? I remember walking walking across the street one day and there was a woman who was crossing in the walking in the opposite direction. And she decided that she was going to come across and the street and walk up to me. She tapped on my shoulder and she looked into my eyes and she asked me, what's wrong with you? Oh, wow. Are you serious? Yep. It's a true story. True story in my life. And and it was shocking to hear that at first. And then I kind of paused a little bit and I said, well, there's really nothing, nothing wrong, wrong with, with me. me. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm just like you. I, I'm just shorter. Mm-hmm. But then I took it very, um, it, it felt really hurtful. Mm-hmm. It felt hurt because yes. why can't you see me for who I am rather than just how I look? Right. So the fear of judgment is definitely a big piece for me. Well, I can tell you just the moment we got on camera and I got to see your face and hear your voice, uh, you have so much life in you. You are just a person that is just like, you're beautiful. And so don't worry about people judging you. Those that have to judge is something wrong with them and it's definitely nothing wrong with you. So you keep doing what you're doing. Okay, with that being said, do you have kids? Are you married? Are you dating a special one? Let's talk, girl. I, I do have a special, special one, and it's a, it's a, actually an orange tabby cat. What? Um, I'm like, <laughs> he's, my, he's my little baby. He's my, like, really significant other. Oh, God. Are you afraid of dating? Uh, he's, uh, he's sleeping. He no, has a little. No, uh-uh. That's not what I said. You're not going to get away with that. I'm going back to my question. Are you afraid of dating? I... Come on, girl. I was saying that. Come on, girl. I am not afraid of dating. I am afraid of not knowing what to do with him. Okay. How? Oh, Lord. We're really going to have a candid conversation, okay? It's 
I, I'm over here just like, I can't believe you, Michelle. <laughs> you don't know what to do with him. Okay. Well, Michelle, <laughs> how about you just open your heart and give it a chance, Michelle, uh, because I think what you're doing, you're afraid of being judged. So, therefore, I think you have this wall up that you're unwilling to let someone in. So, I'm going to say to you, today is the first day of November of 2021. The wall must come down. You are a beautiful soul. And there is someone on the other side of that wall is waiting to meet you. You have a soulmate there. Okay, girl. Okay, okay girl. I'm going to leave that alone, but I just thought I'd throw that in there. You need to get out your own self way. But that was not one of the questions. You just kind of you just kind of took me there. And I just needed to say that to you. Have you ever heard that before? Yeah. yeah I, 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 do believe, <laughs> I do believe everyone has a soulmate, but, you know, I, I'm, like, really focusing on growing and expanding my business. Mm. And I'm really focusing on working on myself. So if this mm. significant other coming in, I wouldn't know what to do with him. And it's like, you know, you you go out, you date, and, like, you go and to the restaurant. What? what do you want to eat? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I don't know. Where do you want to go? I don't know. Where do you want to go? It, it's kind of like you were going uh, like a volleyball. You're playing playing with each other. And it's like, uh, hello, you're going to catch the ball. What you say? I don't have time for that. Okay, so how about this? We're just going to hope for that person that's going to come into your life that's not going to ask you those silly questions, lame questions like, what do you want to eat? How about he knows your personality enough to know that you're very busy, you're very focused, you have a lot going on, and he's just going to fit into that world as you're going to fit into his world, and he's going to know the things you like to eat, and he's going to find the restaurant. He's going to be like, okay, Michelle, I'm not trying to run your life, but I know your life is busy. Let's go here and eat today. What do you think about that? Okay, Val, now you're talking. Okay, then. Because <laughs> I think that if it, it were, I've been with my husband since 1978, and I know sometimes I drive him crazy, girl, because he'll say, what do you want to eat? And I go, I don't know. And he said, well, I feel like eating a cheeseburger. Don't start that thing because I don't want a cheeseburger. So the best thing to do is just figure it out. Go get something to eat. That's not hard to ask, so I get you, girl. He, he's, you know what my husband does? He figures it out. He just goes and says, okay. I'm going to get a cheeseburger, but I'm going to go on over here to this Mexican restaurant and pick you up a plate. No problem. <laughs> See, I think that's that's who I need. I need someone who is not going to not only respect my decision, but able and capable of making his own decision yes. when I am not able to like contribute, right? Yes. So, Yes. That's not figure out where we want to eat. Just tell me I'm busy, so just let me know where to meet you, and I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Tell me what do I need to dress up, or is it going to be a fancy restaurant, or can I just come in my jeans and tennis shoes? Let me know. I'm ready. Yep. That's it. Thank you. Oh, my God. <laughs> I need to hang out with you more. <laughs> hey, we will hang out because it's going to happen, Michelle. We're going to put that out in the universe right now. Michelle is going to get that special guy that's just going to get it. And she's not going to waste her time. So if there's anyone listening right now on the Love and Victory Show with Val, do not waste Michelle's time with a bunch of questions about what she wants to eat. There and, you go. And checking the episode note for my contact. Did you, oh, oh, did you hear what she said? I love it. I love it, Michelle. I love it. Okay. We're going to get back to this thing. Whew. 
What do you, oh God, this conversation has went all the way there, right? So Michelle, with that being said, do you have any siblings, sisters, brothers? Okay. Yeah, I have both. I have an older brother and a younger sister, oh. and they both here in California with me. Oh, okay. So they live with you, or they're in the city with you, or they're in the they're in the city. My my sister is in San Francisco. Okay, okay. And where are your parents? They're still. My parents lived with me, so uh, they I I paid the mortgage. So basically, I'm the only person who's responsible taking care of them. Hey. Um, <laughs> They, they're smart. I wonder if I can move in with my kids. No, I'm just, they'll probably kick me out. No, they're like, go. And someone coming home, someone always there cooking for you. That's like amazing. Yes, that is. I know. So they spoil you. That's why. Yes. Now, hey, guys. So she takes good care of her parents, which means she's a very good woman. She also has someone that can cook. Mm. So if you want her mom and dad cook very good. Now, if you want to come in there. You need to know how to cook. Michelle is, oh, for sure. Michelle is not doing any cooking. Okay, I'm just letting you know. I'm looking at her, guys. She's not cooking. She is not. She don't have time for it. She's spoiled. She's well taken care of, and so she needs a man that's going to take care of her, too. Maybe, maybe on his birthday, I'll cook for him. Did you hear him? She'll cook for you on your birthday. That's it. What about Christmas? Christmas will go out and dine outside. <laughs> you are something else. The Love and Victory Show with Val is brought to you by LNV Enterprise Resources Incorporated, a nonprofit equal opportunity provider for people living with disabilities. When you donate to LNV Enterprise Resources Incorporated, not only are you helping someone further their education, acquire job skills, and find a job, you are also doing your part to create a stronger, more diverse, and inclusive society. LNV also provides resources for counseling for the disabled and their families. To find out more, or if you'd like to make a donation, please visit lverinc.com or call 832-336-0126. Once again, that's lverinc.com or 832-336-0126. With LNV Enterprise Resources Incorporated, the possibilities are endless. Let's explore them together. VK Consultant Group is a proud sponsor of the Love and Victory Show with Val. Are you thinking of starting a medical practice and need some help? Well, VK Consultant Group has been awarded Top Medical Practice Consultant Service of 2020. For over three decades, they've offered services like concierge medicine, credentialing, billing, revenue cycle management, and so much more. For more information, visit vkconsultantgroup.com or call 713-893-7401. Once again, that's vkconsultantgroup.com or 713-893-7401. VK Consultant Group, your competitive edge. What fears of judgment do you have outside of your handicap? And I don't even like to call it a handicap because it's not a handicap. It's just, you're just, what, what fears of judgment? I think the fear of judgment is that um, when it comes to my ability to do things, that, that's what I'm afraid of. So I'm, I, there's a reason why I'm like type A personality. I'm the go-getter. I always want to do things because in a way, I'm afraid that if I don't do things, whether it's my work, my business, or just my speaking, I'm afraid that people are going to see it through and know that I am not good enough. Oh, mm. uh, wow, Michelle, really? Girl, get out your head. Because the, the woman I'm seeing right here is a powerhouse. 
you are oh god you're speaking your your energy your i mean there is nothing that can stop you michelle so that part of worrying about someone judging you throw it out the window close the window and never open it back up because i mean i just don't i don't get it i think that when you walk in the room you light that room up and uh you and I, I probably can go around a time or two and just be in conversation for hours at a time. And people will be like, what are they laughing about over there? Because you just have that kind of energy. I think this is where my imposter syndrome start kicking in, where no matter how much I accomplish, there's that idea of I'm not good enough. And and sometimes that not good enough would keep you motivated. It would get you out there learning more new stuff so that you can keep yourself up to par. Mm-hmm. But on the, on the back end, you know, that good enough sometimes will kick you, kick your butt and saying that, that, well, maybe you're just not good enough. So I think it goes both way. And this is where my imposter syndrome start kicking in. I kind of agree with you on that because for myself, I tend to, uh, and I think you want to say something like a high achiever, so you're always trying to go higher and higher and higher and do something else and do something else. So I don't necessarily know if it's a, for me, if it's a fear of people judging me or if it's a fear of me failing. I think it's probably all the same, but uh, I think I have a big issue with not failing. I always want to make sure, because I think of my children, I think of my grandkids, and when I see them and they see me, I want them to always know that even if you don't make it this time, that doesn't mean to stop. So keep going. I remember my very first podcast. I had no desire to do a podcast or a radio show. And uh, the team said, hey, why don't you try a podcast because we have a nonprofit. And as a way to get the word out about the nonprofit. And I couldn't came up with the name. I can start up a business all day long. And literally, when I sat down the first time, I couldn't even get the name of the Love and Victory show with Val out. I came up with it, couldn't even get it out. And um, just fearful of how it's going to sound to other people and the judgment of people saying, what is she doing on a podcast and then, uh, or even a radio show? And then I worried about how people would view me, and I wouldn't even listen to myself. And um, then I got to this place where... Is anyone even listening? And um, then I moved on from that as like, hey, if I get one person listening, then I'm touching one life. So I really can care less what someone else thinks. I'm just going to keep doing what I know I'm supposed to be doing at this time. So I get it. Yeah, I get it, Michelle. I do. I get it. Uh, what is the best yeah. advice you can give to someone who deals with fear of judgment? I would say always think about your dreams and your goal. It's definitely bigger than your fear. Mm-hmm. And and I think this is a very common say, common way of saying you you have a goal, you have a dream and you know you want to get there, but then then yet you keep giving in and giving up to the fear that shows up inside of you. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the fear of judgment or the fear of failure, there's always going to fear no matter which way you turn. Mm-hmm. But There's a difference between just showing up and saying yes, Mm -hmm. knowing that you have fear inside of you. That's true. And just taking that one step, just taking that one step is going to make a whole lot of difference. At what point do you think people are, are you, did you lose the fear of judgment or do you say you still kind of deal with it a little bit? 
I, I still have it. You know, I think that's a very common thing for a human, any human being. Yes. And I'm perfectly normal. Mm-hmm. And that's I'm a right. normal human being. That's so right. I still have the fear every single day. When I wake up, do I want to do this? No, I don't want to go onto the camera. I don't want to turn on. I don't want to speak. There's a lot of fear that I'm facing every day. It's not going to go away. It's our response to the fear and how we uh, deal with it, how we use it mm-hmm. in our advantage to continue to push through and reach higher. I always say that, you know, you see the start, but shoot for the moon because Mm -hmm. if you shoot for the moon, you're going to find yourself landing on the start. There you go. There you go. I know that you are an author, right? Okay. How many books have you written? I published one book in 2019 Mm -hmm. and it's called Perfectly Normal. Okay. Let's talk about that book. And why did you write a book called Perfectly Normal? I think like you, Val, and when I published the book, I was thinking that I don't want to be the Amazon bestseller. That's not my goal. That's not the reason why I wrote the book. Why I wrote the book was because my story, I really believe that my story of how I was living with this disability and how I stepped out of my comfort zone to overcome me can actually take me to places where I never imagined before. And I just want to inspire that one person who hear the story, that one person who went into the bookstore and pick up that book. If I can inspire that one person to do something differently today, my mission is accomplished. Oh, wow. Michelle, uh, just hearing you say that uh, lets me know that you are truly, truly uh, an angel. Because we really have to, especially as women, women and men, but especially as women, if we do more encouraging and supporting and lifting up versus tearing down, the one thing about men, men don't really get caught up in the cattiness. We women can be so mean sometimes. Uh, we're very judgmental. Uh, we can we can be very judgmental, and we really don't look out for one another. And just hearing you say that, it's, it's just, um, wow. So I have to read this book. I can't wait to read this book. So you said, is it on a bestseller list? It, it is on Amazon. It is not on the bestseller it's list, coming. but it will. It will. It's only a t- matter of time. That's right. That's right. That's right. So anyone can find it on Amazon. You want to repeat the name of that book again? Yeah, it's called Perfectly Normal. And the subtitle is uh, Immigrant Stories of Making It in America. Oh, wow. Wow. I definitely have to get that. And you have it in English and Mandarin or Taiwanese? It's currently only available in English. Oh, have you thought about writing it in? Yeah, I have. I thought about translating it into Mandarin. I think you should. I really think you should. Because one of the things is I think you can be a huge encouragement for someone from your country or even someone that is already here that's struggling with speaking and understanding the language. You said early on that you remember when you got here, you went to KFC and you didn't even know how to, how are you going to order? You know, they didn't have the numbers there. So I think that's encouraging. Now this trip, let's go back to your trip that you took to, and I'm going to tear this up. Uh, Machu Picchu. Yeah, that one right there. There you go. Yes. Let's talk about that. Thank you, girl. I told you I'm going to tear it up. Okay, so let's talk about that trip. What was it like there? It was rough. It's a four-day hike, uh, 26 miles total. And every day you you hike about 10 
eight to 10 miles. And it takes a normal individual, you know, average height individual, about seven to eight hours on a daily basis. So you make multiple stops. And, and I know the listener can't see Val, but Val is like having a girl, you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Look, now normally we would live stream this, but I'm so glad because my face is like, how many hours? What? Okay, girl, I'm listening. <laughs> So no shower, (laughs) absolutely no shower, no bathtub, no uh, uh, restroom that you can go to. You you get a bucket. Wait, wait. There is no outhouses along this trail. You literally have to go in the woods? You have to go into the woods. Well, they give you a tent. They give you a bucket and a tent. A bucket? (laughs) Girl, okay. We're going to get to why in a minute, but keep going. So every day you hike for eight hours. And for me, I walk very slow because I'm walking with two crutches. So for me, it took me 10 hours to actually finish the hike by the end of the day. By the end of the day, because I'm walking with my two crutches, so my wrists are like kind of like they don't belong to me anymore. It feels really hurt. And it's always I'm always tired. Um, so hiking through that first day, I remember my tour leader, the guy who was leading us to the destination, he sat me down and he said to me, he said, Michelle, you know, um, this is a day where I have to check in with everybody to make sure you're not falling behind and you being the slowest one. I don't know if you can accomplish. I don't know if you can finish this hike. If you, should you decide today is your last day, I can have someone walk you back to where we start and you can just, you know, go home, take a half shower, quit it and just call it a day. And I was sitting there listening to him. I, I was just in tears because I was telling myself there's that voice that go on and I was telling myself I didn't come this far to go home. Right. So I sat there, I said, you know, I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it no matter what it takes me. So he said to wake up every day at five o'clock, start my hike. That would buy me two hours ahead of time uh, so that we can, I can actually make it through the day. So that's what I did for the following three days. After four days, finally went up to the height of Machu Picchu at the Sun Gate. I walked in, everyone from all over the world stood up. They were all clapping as I walked through with my two crutches. It was such a big accomplishment. And I'm really glad that I didn't quit on day one. Okay, so, okay. I'm I'm getting ready to peel this onion all the way back. So, there was no restroom. Did they have food for you guys? So did you have to eat out your backpack or did you have a place to go rest and you guys can all sit together and eat? Do y'all cry? I mean, I mean I'm trying to understand. Give paint me a real picture. We, we have food. So basically there's porters, there's indigenous uh, people who carry their equipment, our equipment. They have our pot and all these food supplies meeting us at the campsite. So we camp three times a day, lunch, dinner, and breakfast. And each one of us are giving a tent. So they will carry all the camping equipment. We're responsible for a day pack that weighs about 15 pounds on my back. So we have to carry the day pack hiking through and they would be in charge of cooking for us. Uh, we sleep in the tent. Each one of us have a, our own tent. If you went, uh, let's say you went with your husband, then you guys get to share a tent. And I went since I went by myself. So I have the tent to myself. Wow. 
on the whole set up the tent for you. Oh, they'll set up the tent for you, so you don't have to worry about that. But you you are responsible for carrying. Was it a sleeping bag, or did you have like a, a cot? It's a sleeping bag. So you sleep in a girl, sleeping bag and you go. <laughs> girl, you are a tough cookie. That's all I got to say, don't you? Uh, that was a huge accomplishment. Wow. I don't remember how painful it was sleeping on the floor. It's a hard, yes. solid ground. And yes. it gets really cold at night. Yeah. And why did you choose this place? I, I think it was a sense of belonging. Okay. I was in search of a sense of belonging. I remember um, at that time, my friends, they were coming back from the trip. They were all talking about it at work. And I just want to be part of their conversation. Okay. Wow. Well, honey, you went through all that pain to be a, con- a, a part of their conversation. Hats off to you. I would have still been like, girl, let me see the pictures. But that's really good. I mean, I, that's a huge accomplishment accomplishment for anyone to be able to hike. I went over 900 feet up. Um, we did the, we went to Jamaica and we did uh, Dunn's River, River Falls. So if you ever went there, uh, you have to kind of walk up with all of these waterfalls and it's up 900 feet up. I cannot believe I made that, and it's rocks and it's water pouring down on you. So that was a huge accomplishment for me and I thought I was about to die. Uh, I slept through dinner that night and the next day too, but it, that's a huge, but nothing like what you went through. So hats off to you. Okay. With yeah. that being said, um, if there is anything that you can change in your life today, what would it be? I would change. Uh, the, the one thing I would change is for me to be more vulnerable early on. So instead of hiding myself behind this wall and just pretending that I'm not feeling what I'm feeling, I'm not, I'm not um, feeling the fact that I am different from others. If I could just be a little more vulnerable early on in my life, I felt that that would be a, that would put me into a much better place. I would be happier. I would enjoy life a lot sooner than where I am now. So that's the only thing that would change. I would not change any of the, my accident or all the life experiences, but I would change my vulnerability. Okay. You know, do you think a lot of the vulnerability had to do with the accident or do you think it's more about your personality? I, I feel it's a, it's a combination of all. It's the incident that led to a personality where I grew up with. And, and there's also a little bit of that limiting belief in me inside the box. Once I was able to see that beyond that, my personality was just naturally um, like, like what you said earlier, like this light powerhouse. Yes. Um, like it's for me to wanting to be exposed, wanting to tell story, wanting to, to get out there. Um, but the accident did cause a little bit of that hiding. Maybe this is, you're not good enough, you're not pretty enough, you're not smart enough. So the accident did put a limitation sure, in I, hiding my light. I get that. Do you have uh, family members and friends around you now that encourage you and push you that was not encouraging and pushing early on? A lot of them, a lot of them started to see, to see what I'm doing now. And they said, well, Michelle, I didn't know that about you. Why don't you do it more? Why don't you get out there? This should, this is, should be this should be a TED Talk. You should go up to the tech stage. Yes. And like I keep thinking that, oh, well, this story, no one wants to hear this. No one wants to see this. So they continue to push me, said, 
no, people need to hear about it. So go do it. Right. And you know, when I'm talking, as I'm talking to you, Michelle, you, I think you have such a story that can just touch all walks of life. And I, I think of myself, you're so encouraging to me. And so uh, it doesn't matter that I may not have to walk with crutches, but I have something else that I'm fearful of or um, may need some encouragement with. And you just, you have that it. And so I definitely think that you need to tell your story and don't stop telling your story. Well, I definitely have enjoyed this conversation. Uh, I know that it's short, so I'm excited about our conversation. I hope that we can continue this conversation. I definitely want you to come back on. I feel it would be a great honor because I, looking around, I, I am so blessed by the people who heard my story and, and it inspires them and they inspire me like truthfully. I've been following you on your social media, on your, on your Instagram. I see all these amazing things that you're doing. It just inspires me. Wanted to thank you so going. much. Michelle, I, I, one of the things that I enjoy about having candid conversation, I think it should be a conversation, not a quiz. And so I really enjoy just talking to our guests and you make that so easy for me. Uh, thank you. Thank you. You're not one of these people that I got to pull something out, you know, so your genuineness is definitely coming across. Tell the people how they can find you. I want you to go ahead and tell them about your book again. Please tell them how uh, my fantastic listeners on the Love and Victory show, I want you guys to check her out. Check out Michelle. Michelle, please tell them how they can find you. So people can find me on my uh website at elevatelifecoaching.org and they can also get a copy of my book on my website on the book and I will personally sign it and mail it out to you. Oh, okay then. And you can also buy a book on Amazon, yeah. but she loves you going to her website, which is better. If you go to her website, I believe you get a signed copy. Is that what I heard yes. you say? Okay. Yes. You get a signed copy from me. You get a signed copy. So go to the website. So you can get a signed copy of her book. Michelle, it has been a pleasure. I thank you so much for being a part of the Love and Victory show. You are now one of our fan favorites. I already know. And you're definitely a host favorite. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Have a fantastic rest of the week. Bye. Bye. She is wonderful. I enjoy.